child was asked to pray in Sunday school, the, ch the child started the prayer. Dear Harold, at this, the Sunday school teacher interrupted and said, wait a minute, how come you called God Harold? The little child looked up and said, that's what we call him in church. You know, the prayer we say, our Father, who art in heaven, Harold be thy name. <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes when we pray, we forget who we are praying to. We may know his name. But we sometimes lose sight of the person, of who he is. We remember what we are praying for, but then we forget the person who we direct our prayers to. This morning in our scripture reading from the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13, Jesus responds to a disciple's request to teach them to pray is not only a pattern of how to pray, but most importantly, an invitation to a relationship with God. A relationship with God that is established and maintained through prayer. The scripture passage starts with Jesus praying in a certain place. You see, the disciples had observed Jesus praying many times. They often see him praying, sometimes along with other people, and sometimes he would quietly withdraw himself from the crowd or from his small group of disciples, and that is to spend time alone with God. They could see that prayer was an important part of Jesus' life. In Jesus' ministry on earth, prayer was definitely a part of his life. It was very important. As incarnate in his human nature as a Jew, prayer was a religious practice. In his divine nature as God the Son, prayer was a time for him to commune with his Father. And to the disciples as a teacher, Jesus has set himself as an example for them to follow. In the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, Jesus has taught his disciples God's character. And in every line of the prayer, his character is reflected. The beginning of the prayer says, Our Father in heaven. And this is teaching us whom to address our prayers to. The Father. God is a personal God. He wants to relate to us, to those who pray in him. He relates to us as his children. In 2 Corinthians chapter eight, uh, 6, verse 18, it tells us, Says the Lord Almighty, I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me. In the next line, hallowed be your name, 
where the boy actually thought it was Harold, is telling us that God is holy. Yes, the word hallowed means holy. Reverence. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 declares, I, the Lord your God, am holy. Because he is holy, he is therefore worthy of honor. He is therefore worthy of praise. He is therefore worthy of worship. The phrase, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, declares that God is sovereign. Sovereign over heaven and earth. And we are to pray for God's plan in our lives and also of the world. Now you see, not all what is happening in the world is God's will. But we can be assured that nothing happens without God's knowledge. Therefore, we are to pray for God's will to be done. We are encouraged to ask God for the things that we need. Give us today our daily bread, for God is our provider. He is our Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, 32 says, So do not worry, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Forgive us our sins, as we also have forgive our debtors. This reminds us to confess our sins to God and turn away from them, and also to forgive others, as God has forgiven us, for God is Redeemer. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, it reminds us, that God has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Now the conclusion of the Lord's prayer, and lead us not into, into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, is a plea for help, a plea to God who is the deliverer. He who gives us victory over sin and protection against the attacks of the enemy, the devil. We can see in the succeeding verses that was just read to us that Jesus tells a story of a man who persistently pounded on the door of his sleeping friend to borrow bread as he didn't have any, so he can feed his guests who arrived unexpectedly in the middle of the night. The friend eventually gave the man what he needed because of the man's persistence. After the Lord's Prayer, Jesus, by telling this story, was making a point to the disciples that if, if a friend can do as much to the man, how much more God as Father who wants to provide for their needs. Now Jesus has urged the disciples to pray with the same determination and persistence. He taught them to never give up and encouraged the disciples that they could ask, seek, knock to the God, the Father in heaven, who gives the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. In his bestseller's book, Traveler's Mercies, Some Thoughts on Faith, author Anne Lamott claims the two best prayers as she knows are, help me, help me, help me, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Have you experienced an answered prayer? Or perhaps a prayer that until now you're waiting for an answer? I have a story of my own. I married late in my mid-30s. And after I married, we desired to have a child. And marrying a person of a different culture was difficult. We knew how, in the long run, having a child would be something that could be challenging. Nevertheless, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. Years passed until we thought, probably, we can do something about it. So, I was born and raised in the Philippines. We went to a doctor. And then we moved to India. We also went to the doctor. We tried some scientific means, and unfortunately, it did not work. So we finally said, well, God, you see, we prayed. We tried it on our own way, and we still don't have our child. Before coming to the US, I prayed. I said, dear God, we have been praying for a child, and you know what is best for us. The U.S. is going to be very difficult, and yet we still want to have a child. To make the story short, we came to the U.S., and I visited a friend immediate, a month immediately after we arrived, and a friend of mine said, I think you're pregnant. I did not believe. Again, to make the story short, our daughter was born in August of 2007. And that was when I was in my mid-40s. I have experienced God's answer, but I persisted. I persisted in praying. We persisted in praying. But not all of our prayers would come out the same. A woman said, well, my prayers in the morning is whatever, and in the evening, oh well. Our attitude towards prayer is whatever we present to God, whether it is a request for healing, a need to be met, a goal to be achieved, whatever it may be. We know who we are praying to, and we can be assured that whether we get what we prayed for or not, we know that he is still God. The God who is personal, the God who is holy, sovereign, provider, redeemer, deliverer, the God who is our Father. And we can affirm the scripture that tells us in this passage 
that we are invited into a relationship with a loving Father who wants to give us life and who continues to work tirelessly for our redemption and that of all creation. His ways are higher than us. His thoughts are higher than ours. We dare to be persistent in our prayers, to keep bringing our needs and hopes to our Heavenly Father, because Jesus tells us to do so, to keep trusting God's loving purpose for us, knowing that not everything that happens to us is God's will, but we still can affirm. My favorite verse in Romans 8.28 says, In all things God works for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Amen.